0: Welcome to the latest episode of Libertarian Los Angeles. I'm Sean Osborne, and I'm joined today by Scott Mandel. Uh, he's running for city council in the studio city.
1: Neighborhood council,
0: not don't the- neighborhood. Oh, neighborhood. council. let's okay, not promote
1: good. me yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I got I got high hopes for you, man. Thank you. <laughs> so that's good. So neighborhood council. So what uh, what uh, brought you to Libertarianism?
1: Well, that's a that's an interesting question. Um, I think I sort of stumbled upon it years ago when actually when I first started voting, and there was really only two choices at least for me, Republican and Democrat. And things didn't kind of sit right with either party. And as I started reading more and getting more involved in politics, I started hearing about uh, Ron Paul and Rand Paul, and uh, then I got introduced to Reason magazine and the Cato Institute. So I started uh, following that. Then came the podcasts, and I think it was um, it was pretty much Reason podcast that really switched me over from sort of a, a small l libertarian to almost a capital L libertarian. Although technically I'm uh-huh. I'm a registered libertarian, so yes, that's that makes me a a big L. Yeah, but I guess the my big influence. For a reason, I'll give a shout out to Nick Gillespie. Um, he's kind of like uh, along my lines of thinking, um, although I don't wear the leather jacket <laughs> and not as well read. And I don't think I interrupt and talk over people as much. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's they view they they have a very pragmatic view. Um, they're not all lock stock uh, march step with each other, and they're funny. Um, Cato is great for you know dry uh, uh, policy points, um, but. Uh, I like uh, I, I like the, the libertarian view on on many things, and that's what that's my segue into local uh, politics. Although neighborhood councils aren't um, uh, partisan, the thing that caught me about libertarianism is if government is to do that, then it should do that at the most local level. So that's where I am today. A neighborhood council is the lowest form of government, uh-huh. where elected city officials. Uh, we're bound by all the ethics rules, we're bound by the Brown Act, but we don't get money or benefits or any privileges. Uh-huh. So it's all volunteer work, it's all advisory, and we're, it's just grassroots. We talk to the people, I mean, we are we are right there in the thick of it, uh, trying to advise and push our government or local government to do what our stakeholders want to do. And that was very attractive for me. Um, my motivation to get involved in, in government came from a Libertarian convention. I think it was 2016 at Yale Airport. And it was either a judge, an elected judge, um, which I don't think judges should be elected, but that's a whole other discussion, <laughs> and possibly someone who won a seat on a water board, saying, you got to start somewhere. Just don't read about the news. Just don't discuss it. Uh, just don't read about politics. Get involved. So. That got my brain going, and then uh, I may hear some boos about this, but what actually prompted me to sign up for this particular race was after I had joined Parler, after so many people were canceled from, um, from uh, uh, Facebook and YouTube and such, uh, Dan Bongino himself got canceled, and he's a uh, national radio host and political commentator uh, on the right, but I heard him talk about cancel culture, and he he said something along the lines of, "Someone sometimes you got to get up and dance, and if you're the first person to do it, other people will follow." And I thought about what he meant, and it wasn't partisan or political in nature. It was just another push to get involved. So, with the very last minute, I filled out the application, signed up, and here we are today discussing my candidacy for the Studio City Neighborhood Council. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: excellent. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, uh, I had. I, I told somebody recently is like, you know, when you look at the Libertarian Party, there's so many things that have slipped through the cracks because there's there's not we're not a big party. And, you know, the the fact that you can um, look at something and say, oh, it's not being done. We'll go do it. then That's exactly what it means to be libertarian. You know, don't we're not waiting for the government to go do it. If you see something and you're capable of it, go do it. You know, be, be that be that change you need in your community, what 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 things in the community uh, where you live is uh, like the main topic of like, what's, what's, what's the, what are the main issues you wanna throw out to people?
1: Sure, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I just want, I don't know how vast the audience is, but Studio City is in the San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles, California. It's not a city, it's a neighborhood. All of the neighborhood councils are neighborhoods. The city is Los Angeles. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Uh The neighborhood council outreach committee, which I serve on, you do not need to be on the board to be on the committee. We did a survey to see what the stakeholders are interested in. That's what we call the community, they're all stakeholders. Number one, uh, no surprise, is homelessness. So I had to do a deep dive. There's a lot of things in play now with homelessness. And I think one of the most important topics for me is education, educating the stakeholders, the people who call in or zoom into our meetings once a month. And it's the same thing, the same complaint every month. Why are there encampments under the overpasses? Why are people living in the parks? Why can't the trash be picked up? Why are they still here? Why won't the police do anything? And one of the things I want to do is create just some very simple FAQs, uh, they live under the under the overpasses because of a, a controlling Supreme Court decision, or actually Ninth Circuit, that the Supreme Court didn't take up. Boise uh, versus Martin. And if we give the stakeholders the information as to why the police can't do this or why the sanitation department can't do this, in most cases, like a light goes off above their head and they go, "Oh, oh, now I understand. I don't like that, but at least I understand why." And teaching uh-huh. people. Um, and I'll use the word, and it may sound harsh, but a lot of people are ignorant. Ignorant is not stupid. I was uh. before I did a deep dive. And ignorant uh, just means you're not informed uh, how it works. In Studio City, we have uh, city, government issues, county, state. We have agencies like uh, Corps of Engineers and things such as that. So we all have to suss out who is responsible for this little strip along the river? And on the other side of the fence, it's Caltrans, and on this side, it's the LA County. So, as the neighborhood council, if we educate our stakeholders and uh, be a good liaison between them and our elected officials, we can try to pull the resources and point everybody in the right direction as to who needs to talk to who to get what done. So it's education, not indo- not indoctrination. Just telling. Right why this is happening and usually they they appreciate that so we don't have to keep uh reinventing the wheel over and over again yeah what
0: what what kind of solutions have people been talking about to to deal with it because over here in northeast la we just had the thing in uh in echo park where it was uh you know they have had the moved out the homeless encampment that was there so what, what what's going on in in
1: your area in our area the the i guess the number one uh Uh, flashpoint at the moment we have a park and ride lot that is used for the hollywood bowl the hollywood bowl is going to be in session uh i think in june is when they start yeah i think so Yeah, the park and ride lot is now occupied by homeless encampment it's a pretty rough one it's pretty dirty uh there's a lot of crime uh drug use um most of the crime is homeless upon homeless uh it's sort of a lawless pretty filthy and dangerous zone and Believe it or not, the neighborhood council has been struggling mightily to get the proper authorities to put in a couple trash dumpsters and pick them up. It's the little things. The trash dumpsters were just put in, but now we have to now fight with the county or the city to have them emptied because now they're overflowing. So uh, it's 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 the little stuff. Are, are the people going to be cleared out? It's my understanding that many of them were offered Uh, services, but refused. So they're living there for now. And we, the LA, we're told LAPD, uh, city council won't let them enforce uh, any anti-camping ordinances because there's really no place at the moment for people to go. So we have a bunch of programs in place. We have bridge housing, tiny homes, project room key, all within our area. I may have uh, left something out. And when we inform our stakeholders as to what is actually happening and why it's not not moving faster, um, it's very helpful when we get a very, a very articulate, intelligent guest like Ron Galperin, who's the uh, city controller, and he comes on and addresses the community and tells us about s- some of the Uh, not so smart spending of money, which is uh, now being uh, clawed back by the city attorney. So, I mean, there was a lot of money. There was a lot of, I think, good faith to get things done, but a lot of waste. Mm -hmm. And libertarians, some of them say, you know, taxation is theft. And I view this as, you know, taxation can be a complete ripoff. And just tell us what you've done with the money before we give you any more. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, okay, the tiny homes cost $8,500 each. Well, that's great. Let's build more. Oh, but it cost six or seven million dollars for the infrastructure at one location for a few dozen homes. Oh, that doesn't sound so good. How did that happen? Um, <laughs> so there's like,
0: explain that. What, what does that mean? Like, like uh, the, the land itself to rent out or to use costs that much to put those on it?
1: It was park land uh, that had never been used. They had to dig in a sewer, utilities, consultants, concrete pad. Uh, there were fire codes, building codes, um, inspections, permits, um, all the things that make a, a single family home or any construction in LA or even in California very expensive. So I think for that particular project, from an 8,500 dollar, uh, 64 square foot shed home, uh, it wound up to be about $130,000 each, which is a lot of infrastructure. And (laughs) that's that's the type of explanation that is really good, the education to give to people was, okay, we're gonna run out of money. You know, the city and the county uh, voters approved billions of dollars to create housing. Temporary housing, permanent housing, what have you. But if you're spending that kind of money for for the temporary housing, you're going to burn through the, the, the billions of dollars really fast and then have nothing to show for it. So it's it to find all this out, it takes a lot of work. You've got to read council files, you've got to do public records requests to get the information. Sometimes the press will slant the story and they don't give all the information. The activists do the same thing on both sides. They'll say one side will say it's only 8,500. The other side will say it's 130,000. So again, part of the of what I want to do is educate the people and give them the, the actual information from the city itself. No slant. Here's the bid. Here are the numbers. You decide. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you want us to frame the motion to the city council. They have another request now for $450,000 to engage 25 to 30 people for one year. Now, that sounds like a lot of money just to engage. This doesn't house them. This doesn't give them any uh, any treatment. This just sends a, a, a crew out, a team, a multidisciplinary team, to talk and engage with 25 to 30 people for one year. And it's based on a successful program that Santa Monica did. And after spending uh, quite a bit more than the 450000 they graduated one person. So my question would, and this took a lot of work to dig up up all this information because all we got were talking talking points. So my question would be, what else could we do with the 450,000? Could we house people who want it? Can we help people who want it? Or do we really have to spend that money right now to engage with the people who don't want it? I'm not going to give the answer to that question. Pose the question so people understand uh, what this proposal is, get community input. And then based on the community input, what we do is con- uh, community impact statements, turn it over to our council member and say, this is what our community says. And then the 98 other uh, neighborhood councils might follow suit. And then it could sway, maybe we should rethink this one. Oh, not to ramble on on this same topic, but at the same time, uh, something just went through the city council that said, we have so many different uh, alphabet agencies doing outreach. Let's form an organized database so it's all together. So we know, so all of the information is talking to each other. At the same time, they're starting another team with $450,000. So it'd be like, maybe just take a beat and let's see where we are first. I don't know why uh, it, it costs $450,000. I'm still working to get. All that information, but I think it's going to pass. Oh, man. I think it's the, 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 poli- I'm, I'm sorry to keep rambling on. The, politi- no, no,
0: that's good to get, good to know. Like, people, where, where the hell else people are people going to figure this out at, right?
1: Well, I, I think a lot of people are, uh, suffer from the politician's fallacy, which is, um, which goes sort of like, uh, we must do something. This is something. Therefore, we must do this. Yeah. You know, okay, h- hang on a second. Let's give it, there's a three-point test. I don't know if I have it in the right order. I'm, I'm going off of all off of memory here. Um, uh, at what cost? Compared to what? And what hard evidence do you have? If you can answer those three questions first, I think you'll get a lot more uh, community support. So again, I I want to do I want to do the research, the deep dive, get the information, and educate people. Uh, then, when it does come up for debate, I will then offer my 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 take on it. But what I want to first do is make sure people are fully informed before we discuss it.
0: <clears throat> yeah, that way people aren't coming out of half cocked. Is there a are there any laws over there uh, restricting charity or people helping uh, the homeless? in ways because I know I know for a while they tried something over here in Los Angeles where they tried to make it illegal to feed homeless people and I know Angela McArdle fought against that and they they ended up not going through with that so is there any anything like that in that area that restricts people
1: from helping or charities no if there is I I've never heard of that I mean with the exception of any COVID uh restrictions um There's people offering hygiene kits, socks, sandwiches, money. Um, uh, There's outreach workers that go to these people and try to get them into programs. So there are are lots of people that try to help and and help is kind of how you define it. Some people think it's enabling. Some people think if you you give these people uh, too much stuff, too much comfort, too much ease, it enables them to continue to live like that uh, indefinitely. Whereas, you know, if you starve them and make it as harsh as possible and try to force them into a program, that that borders on on being inhumane. Um, But there's a lot of competing forces and uh, there are activists that are of the impression that they have a right to live there. And there are others that are, well, they have a right to housing. We should build housing as quickly as possible. And there are others that say, Let's just build shelters as quickly as possible to get them off the street. But there's a, a federal case going uh, with the judge, Judge Carter, and he doesn't want people living under the overpasses. So he's trying to force L.A. County, L.A. City to create enough shelters so people under the overpasses can be forced away from there. To where? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know if there's enough uh uh, Project Room Key, uh, the hotels, that's ending very shortly. So that might get turned into Project Homekey. But sometimes people are a little leery of being forced into a situation where there are rules. Uh, Project Roomkey, the one in our neighborhood, um, doesn't enforce curfew uh, or drug use. And people sort of come and go. Whereas my understanding at the tiny village, the pallet uh, homes, there are amnesty lockers outside and people are not allowed to bring illegal items inside the village. So if you've been living on the street for a while and you're you're suffering from addiction, going to a place where there's rules and you can't use doesn't sound very attractive. Uh, so there, there are so many sides. It's so complex. And what makes this really tough is many of the people bring emotion and just emotion to the audience. Mm-hmm no logic, just emotion. And on the on the converse of that, you can't bring just logic because you're dealing with, with human beings. So again, it's a tough needle to thread. You have to have an open mind, listen to the sides, and try to figure out a, a balance between people who really need to be taken away against their will if necessary, and treated and helped against their will if necessary, versus those who are just who just need a helping hand and to get back on their feet. And that's why with, I think, 70 plus thousand homeless in LA County, that's a lot of individuals and there is no blanket solution. It's one at a time. And that's gonna take a very long time to solve. Yeah.
0: So- And I guess, something oh, central planning is just not gonna get.
1: <laughs> no, it's tough. And, and and your point of central planning, I just, just wanna also make it clear, uh, as far as all the local issues, for me, facing Studio City, there is no central uh, uh, libertarian party headquarters where I can contact with my uh, secret handshake and decoder ring and say, "Hey, we're having this issue about historical status for a golf course. Uh, what's what's the libertarian perspective on that?" It's like, no, I don't need to do that. Uh, I can make I can make my own evaluation, on my own decision. Uh, absent of any central party central command ideology uh or or, or in any ty- type of dogma uh, yeah I, I mean freedom liberty education it's pretty simple for me anyway
0: yeah the, those are the important things well let's take a little break right there and come back in a minute with some more Thanks for listening to the Liberty Blues Network. Make sure and check out all three podcasts on our network. We have the Liberty Blues, a progressive and a libertarian in Walking to a Bar, and Libertarian Los Angeles. Let us know what you think of the podcast and rate, review, follow, or whatever you can, wherever you listen. Thanks. Now back to the show. Back. So, what are what are some other issues besides the homeless uh, stuff in
1: in your uh, neck
0: of the woods? Uh,
1: one one major issue, which I started to address on my own, are all the closed businesses. It is just it's staggering. Uh, our business district is primarily Ventura Boulevard. That's our main drag. Uh-huh. And there's there's I mean businesses from both ends of Studio City. In fact, Ventura Boulevard is just a business corridor for miles and miles. And I noticed during during the pandemic, uh, you know, and of course it makes sense, every day, every week, another you know going out of business sale were closed or just stores would just be boarded up or suddenly nobody would be there. I'm not talking about stores that look like they're shut and possibly may open, there's still stuff inside. I'm talking about these are deserted, they're empty, they're for lease. Uh, I was asking, I, it might've been at a land use meeting uh, might've been government affairs. These are our committees that actually do all the hard work. Does anybody know how many businesses in Studio City have closed? And there was no answer. So in one afternoon, I hopped on my bike. I took a geotag picture of every single closed business for lease sign. Whatever I could determine was completely closed. I created a map that has little, little thumbnails and the address of every location. And looking at it in that form on a map, it is just staggering to see I bet it is. the economic devastation to this neighborhood. And it's not just our neighborhood, it's primarily all of LA, but I'm focusing on Studio City. So I've been passing around the map to show people, and I think I have uh, um, close to 3000 views on it. It's actually pretty good. There's a lot of people looking at it and the feedback is, wow, I can't believe it. So what do we do? And that's the question what do we do? So I want to put this on an agenda for either land use if I make it to the board or uh, or, or um, possibly government affairs and then get some input from the community, revise the map. I fear it's going to, the number of businesses will keep growing and then work with our business development uh, district and our, um, our city council and say, what can we do to encourage these businesses to open? And Get input from all the various uh, uh, interests. Is it pop-up businesses? Is it food trucks? Is it is it uh, incentives? But the one thing we all have to agree upon is that if we have dozens and dozens and dozens of empty storefronts, uh, the community is going to start you know spiraling into blight, and we don't want that. So while that's going on, uh, we also have a few other major land use uh, projects coming up. There's a A hotel, a mega hotel complex, not far from where I live, that's under construction right now. That is going to be a a market and some uh, uh, upscale restaurants. And that, watching that being built at the same time that other businesses were closing, was was it was it was surreal. And this is going to be opening in a couple months. Uh, I wish them well, and I hope it maybe attracts other businesses to come back to Studio City. I don't know if they're ever going to come back. There might be other use for these for these storefronts because I don't know what the new normal is going to be. I don't know who knows.
0: Do you? Yeah, we don't know what's going to replace what was there before. Yeah, did did you have a number or just like or this looks like a, you know, no, it's a just massacre a on
1: the map? It's it's just a visual. It's just you just yeah. open the link and there's all these little uh, uh bubbles. The, the thumbnail pictures and it's just <laughs> next to the other next to the other uh, through the whole, uh, through the whole uh, Ventura Boulevard. Are there any businesses
0: in your area that are fighting against the lockdowns?
1: Not, well, there's some that were very vocal uh, that are nearby. There was one in Sherman Oaks, not in Studio City, the Pineapple Hill Saloon. The owner of that was very, um, uh, very vocal, very in the news. There's, Nothing that comes to mind in Studio City. I think the most the most uh, uh, newsworthy business that was fighting back is a place in Burbank uh, called Tinhorn Flats. Yeah, Tinhorn Horn
0: Flats, yeah. Horn Flats, yeah. Uh,
1: it's now fenced. There's a chain link fence around it. I mean, the owner is fighting tooth and nail and has been very defiant of Burbank and the orders to close down. I'm not following it very closely. I uh-huh. you know there's protests there, and, you know, it, it's... I think the fight's going to be over soon because uh, everyone's being vaccinated, and I got to imagine the the lockdown restrictions are going to be lifted fully. Yeah. I don't know what the restrictions are in Burbank, um, but it's different here in in LA. But that's been in the news news quite a bit as far as mm-hmm. people in Studio City. I mean, there's been a few a few protests, uh, maybe a dozen people, but I haven't seen any for for months. So it's actually. Yeah.
0: Did you have any other uh, topics you wanted to talk about for Studio City or can we go like uh, you You like talking about the national stuff?
1: Sure. Like how, I'll, how, I'll, I'll dive into the into the national stuff. I mean the, the things that that we're addressing in Studio City are just just very 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 local very Studio City. There, there's a, a business that wants to tear down the building next door and expand their parking lot. So Uh, A a lot of the issues are land use. I'll keep bringing up land use. So the developer and the architect and whoever will come to the, to the committee meeting and address the public and make their pitch and show the drawings and show how they're not going to, you know, make a, uh, an ugly parking lot and do something that actually beautifies the community. When people want liquor licenses, it comes before we get to hear their hours, their plans, if there's going to be security, uh, if they're going to have uh, happy hour, karaoke, whatever could impact the nearby community. We're not, a lot of the people aren't necessarily pro or con the particular uh, item on the agenda. It's more of information gathering. So the committees will gather all the information and then present it to the board. And then the board is the entity that discusses it and votes on it. So <laughs> I like the committee work. Uh, that's where all the uh, debate and discussion and formulation of what the stakeholders want. And then it comes to the board and, and the board spends spends less time on that. By the way, that's one of the reasons why I, I forgot to mention why I wanted to get on the board. Uh, I attended many of the uh, of the board meetings, committee meetings, stakeholder, and we're governed by something called the Brown Act. So for every agenda item, we get public comment. So as a member of the public, I would Raise my hand digitally, and I would get either a minute and a half or two, whatever the time limit was, for that particular item. And uh-huh. can hear how I can go on and on and on. Two minutes was never enough for me. So, <laughs> my motivating factors was I've got a lot to say, and I think uh, I want people to hear my opinion. And two minutes isn't enough. How do I remedy? How do I remedy that? I get on the board. So that was one of the reasons why, because I, I want, like when we have a guest on, I wanna ask follow-up questions. I don't want my <laughs> to be in public comment and then the answer is a dodge and then there's no follow-up. So that, yeah. was, um, that was my motivation uh, for that. Also, we have a government affairs, public safety, and a lot of the issues are brought up by stakeholders. They'll say, hey, this is an unsafe intersection or we need a light or we need a beacon which is uh, a lit uh, a crosswalk with a yellow light, or <laughs> or there's a tree that's going to fall on someone's head or um, whatever it is, and then the committees do the work and 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 then present it to the board who presents it to the neighborhood council. Government affairs they comb the uh, the council files to find out what our city council is up to, what motions are before, whether they're in committee or not, and then they discuss it and that's that's something where it's also educational. They'll bring the, like, if the the city is going to be putting um, lit advertisement billboards at the bus stops, or there's going to be a different way of parking enforcement, or for people who violate their building permits, the fines are going to go up, or Uh the um, uh, rush hour pricing to drive through downtown, things like that, things that may not have made the newspaper or may have escaped notice to our community, we bring, we bring that to the attention of the stakeholders and they go, Oh, wow. I didn't know that was going to happen. I don't like it. Or I think it's a great idea. Yeah. And things such as that.
0: That's really great. So, um, I think we're running out of time here. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's, I'm glad, I'm glad we, I'm glad we had lots of, lots of good stuff to talk about. I, you know, it's, it's great. Uh, you know, we want to get this information out to people. Um, Maybe uh, after because you said you don't have your website done yet, right?
1: No. Uh,
0: so maybe I'll, we can have you back when you get that, uh, so we can uh, do this little introduction to you, and we'll we'll have you back in a in a couple weeks. When, when's the election, actually?
1: Uh, the the ballots are actually um, being mailed out very soon. Uh-huh. The last day. That's a good question. And let me just tilt this down real quick and uh, studio. Sorry about that. I should have had that handy. Uh, it would be May. Vote by mail ends May 11th. So May 11th. people can, um, people can, re- you have to register a a ballot request. Uh, say you're a stakeholder in Studio City, and then the clerk verifies that you are, and then they send out a ballot by mail and then you mail the ballot back. It's quite a quite an elaborate process to be able to vote. Um, How do you
0: prove your stakeholder? Does it you own property there? Or something?
1: <sighs> you know, you have to say you're or you're a community interest or uh, you're a homeowner or a renter <laughs> or a service provider. And I imagine the clerk can challenge it. Different neighborhood councils have different rules as far as they your, just
0: did that in Lincoln Heights and kicked a bunch of people off. Yeah.
1: So, uh we'll see if, I, I mean, I'm getting my ballot. I mean, I was actually challenged in my application to run as a business owner. So I had to prove that with a business license and the uh-huh. papers and such, but uh-huh. the registering for a ballot is going on now. It's a two-step process. Then comes the ballot, then you mail it in. And uh, I'm not sure how voter turnout is going to be because it is, it is a difficult process.
0: Yeah. Well, that, hopefully, hopefully we get a few here. So that, that's good. You know, uh, and and a smaller pool, you know, you can make a bigger splash. That's what we hope for.
1: Sure, and and I'm just I'm thrilled that I'm getting some help from the from the Libertarian Party. Again, I don't take orders from them. Uh, there there are no national uh, issues that are affecting Studio City, none that I can think of.
0: Mm. Um, I don't
1: know of any other Libertarians running in Studio City or any of the neighborhood councils? And I'm just looking forward to help with the website and getting the word out to other small L or large L libertarian-minded people that there is an election. And here's how you get your ballot. And give me a shot. Take a look at what yeah. I have to offer. And just Scott Mandel. Scott Mandel, Studio City Neighborhood Council.
0: All right, cool. Well we'll have you back on the podcast in a couple of weeks and uh, we'll talk about this again and see what kind of progress you've had or anything.
1: Great. Thank you so much. This was fun.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on.